We are lost, thought Amrova Blufuswing. Immured for eons and free at last, the primal Bahamut laid waste to the Cartano Flats, burning Eorzeans and Garlians alike. But I will find a way. Tearing her gaze away from the bloody churn, she bit down gently on her tongue, an old commander's trick. And despite the ash-laden air, the voice that issued from her throat was as clear as compass wind. Belay previous orders. All Maelstrom units are commanded to fall back. Effective immediately. In the distance, the Admiral caught a glimpse of Archon Louis-Soi's resolute silhouette, arms raised in the rite of summoning. Not even the Twelve can help us now, she thought, with something like despair as she swung herself into the saddle. Dalamud has hatched, and no man can unbreak an egg. Give the forward levy priority. Let the main house cover the retreat, and bring up the rear. Einzar Slafferson let go of the bridle as Moveb took hold of the reins. A shard of the false moon had pierced the mail under his right arm, she saw. Blood rilled, dark and steady. Her adjutant would not likely survive a hard ride. Get those adventurers to safety, she repeated. I shall send you stragglers. We must regroup. See to it. At once, Admiral. Anzar snapped a salute. He knows me too well to waste time arguing, Rover reflected as she urged her faithful bird to a gallop. And he knows most of our runners are dead, or nearest, damn it. A sharp <laughs> brought her back to the present. Good girl, Vicky, she murmured, as the chocobo sped onward through a blur of death and ruin. Fall back! Fall back to the main house! Movib called again and again, until the route became a stream, then a river, flowing towards Einzar, and she hoped, safety. But there was a knot in the crowd, fighting its way against the tide until it emerged at the rear, then pushing on towards the Garlean position. <sighs> Always, Mulvib thought without rancor, and spurred her chocobo forward. Always there are those who put glory before victory. Save your breath, Admiral! I mean to make the Garlean curse pay, and pay they will! Roswin spat, and Mulvib was reminded of the old saying, Pirates weep with their swords, and their tears are red. <laughs> so many sirens. <laughs> Spleeny April won't sing no more. Nor Anna's black eye. Nor... There you are! You liberalist tin-pot bastards! A savage joy blazed in Roswin's eyes at the sight of something behind Rovib, and the maelstrom commander touched her spur to Victory's left flank as she unholstered her pistols in one smooth motion. Death penalty barked, and a Garlean legionnaire tumbled backwards. Two sharp coughs from Annihilator, and more men fell, to reveal the beetle-black gleam of Magitek armor crusting the rise. It has a beak, Mulwip thought with strange calm, her legs squeezing Victory's flanks of their own accord. The chocobo sprang as the Magitek cannon roared, then Merlva was falling, the world drowning in blood and feathers, 
and she knew no more. <laughs> the most rest you've had in years, I'll wager. Merlva awoke to a familiar sight, her quarters on the triumph, and Einzar, his face graven with fatigue, but alive and on his feet. <sighs> How long? she demanded. Present course and speed? Two days, Limsa, eight knots, he answered. The Alliance regrouped in Thanalan, where the alchemists saw to our hurts. They meant to keep you abed in Ulda, but I assured them that would not be necessary. We are crossing the Strait of Merlthe for home. The Sirens. Roswin. Einzar laughed. Merlverb could almost hear the rust in it. Command, especially the command of a retreating force, was a somber business. <laughs> The bloody executioners held you from the front like pearls with a bulging net. But they had no luck coaxing Captain Roswin to join the retreat. Then came the last of the dread pirate crews three. The Kraken's arms. And Carvalin swept her up in the saddle like a bloody knight of Ishgard. Last I saw, they were trading curses. <laughs> Good. Merlva willed her eyes to stay open. She was suddenly very tired and could not bring to mind the names of the others who had been present. No matter. Einzar would know. The retreat from Cartano. I ordered a unit to be given priority. Did you get them to safety? Einzar looked at her, his brow furrowed. Beg pardon, Admiral. My orders were to bring up the rear as the main house retreated, gather in any stragglers you directed toward us, then begin regrouping. You did not order that any be given priority over another. The coming days were too full for Merlvab or Einzar to fret over much about her odd lapse. She had taken a blow to the head, after all, and it was a trifle compared to what awaited them in Vilbrand. As the triumph neared home, they saw livid crystals bursting from Pharaoh Sirius, flaunting their corruption for all to see. Galadian Bay was a floating cartano, the sea strewn with bodies, debris, and hollow-eyed survivors of the tidal wave that had scoured the coastline. Einzar was lucky, Merlweb thought, as she surveyed the destruction. What size these shards to make an eighth hell of this fair anchorage? And what if we who have been spared? How can we go on, when so much has been lost? I will find a way. Merlvib ordered that the Maelstrom's temporary command be established at the Moraby Dry Docks, sheltered from the worst of the Great Wave by the God's Grip. From there, the remains of Limsa Laminsa's Great Armada sailed with food and supplies, aid and succor, women of strength, and men of compassion. Admiral Merlvib slept little, but when she did, it was always one of two dreams that she dreamed. In one, she bit down on her tongue, then called out, Give them priority. Let the main hosts cover their retreat. In the other, she rode a destrier in the cool night, the bird crooning contentedly, and the rider murmuring, Good girl, Vicky. Time passed. Some wounds healed, others did not. The fishing boats returned to sea and the merchants, stowadors, and cutpurses to the docks. 
the new Maelstrom Command took shape on the upper decks. The ships of the Armada returned to their proper anchorage, and the Moraby dry docks were recommissioned as a shipyard. During those turbulent days, those who knew Merlva best, and they were not many, remarked that she had been changed by Cartineau. To the scores that came to the Admiral for help, she gave no false comfort, but neither was she as hard as she had once been. She spoke instead of hope, courage, and the lost warriors who stood with the Archon on the Cartineau Flats. For this, Merova won the love of her people, yet struggled to accept it. So unsettling did the thought seem to her that one night, unable to sleep, she wandered the city, finding herself at length outside Nishgardian's stable, as young birds murmured drowsily within. When Naldik and Vimelis began work on the first of the Thalassocracy's new warships, there was no question as to whom the honor of naming it would go. One fine day soon after, half the city turned out to see victory's keel laid. When the Admiral of Limsa Laminsa inscribed her name upon the oak with a great flourish, the cheers rolled like thunder across the tranquil waters of Galadian Bay and set the gulls and ravens flapping from every mast.